This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Time to hang kair. Samit Tony Elma, Executive Director of the Green Times, Eco Consultant and Coach. And right on her post. Good morning, Alma Pollard. Good morning. How are you? Very good, Alma and you. Sure, I'm good. Just trying to keep warm, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, Alma, hang on. Before, yes, before we even get into fossil fuels and the R-E-I-P-P-P-P, I think there's enough P's there. Um, last week, we couldn't chat to you very long because you needed to get to out there where the, the migration of the frogs was taking place. And, and we just wanted some feedback because it's such a big deal. How did it go on uh, last week, Wednesday? Yeah, it was also, again, not a major migration. It was called a dispersal. And so the thing is that they mostly seem to be moving at night when it's dark. And then (laughs) by the time we wake up and we get the call, shame, we've got lots on the road already killed. So, no, it's an ongoing problem. Actually, it's no good. We can't just go and pick frogs up every time. We need to. Uh, it's a systemic problem with a big national road going right through migratory patterns. Mm. You know, that whole area connected was all one big wetland before the road got placed there. So we are talking to the city about, you know, obviously we can't change the road at this point, but to get safe access for the frogs is an ongoing issue that we're busy with. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Alma. We know it's important and it's important to you and uh, we just wanted to get some feedback. Um, I'm not sure how how much uh, info you've received over the last few hours. But this was a, a headline story in our news bulletin at 7 o'clock this morning with President Ramaphosa uh, connecting with um, uh, uh, with uh, people from the Netherlands and from Denmark. And in the SA Denmark Netherlands Business Forum yesterday, um, the Netherlands has committed 18.4 billion rand for the establishment of the SAH2 fund to mobilize green hydrogen investment. And um, out of Copenhagen, investing 3.67 billion rand to the new funds market for investment in green energy infrastructure. I thought that might uh, uh, be of interest to you this morning. That's beautiful. It's interesting. I listened to the news at 7 and I didn't hear that. But yeah, that's very helpful. We need all the help we can get for the transition to renewables. Absolutely. Yeah, and we shared about hydrogen a few weeks ago. You'll find that podcast if you're curious about uh, green hydrogen and how that works. Alma explains it beautifully. The podcast is up on our website. Uh, Today, talking about this REIPPPP, which is quite simply uh, the South Africa's Renewable Energy Independent Power Procurement uh, Producer Procurement Program. And this is uh, right back to where we love to talk, and that is renewables. Alma, that's the way to go. Even uh, the UN is reminding us again as well in one of your other stories. Yeah, so that's why I thought maybe we will take the big picture first and then zoom into the small picture, into the local, so that we set the context, if you don't mind. So we start off speaking about um, Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General of of the United Nations, um, warned that um, if we continue with the current trajectory and the current policies of of countries in terms of... um, transition to renewables, then there will be an increase in in heat on the planet of 2.8 degrees by the end of the century. So clearly, what we are currently doing is not enough. And he's saying countries need to very, very urgently, in fact, for us to meet the 1.5 degrees cutoff point, we have to drop 
fossil fuels by 45% um, by 2030, which is, hmm. yeah, seven years. So we all know that that is not going to be possible. It's, it's, it's too far. So, you know, we've got a, a bit of a catastrophe here. And so he's making a call. Um, he's having a meeting in New York with, uh, with the climate leaders of the whole world. And they're making a call for immediate action for net zero. And the method to get there, he suggested, is called Accelerated Agenda, where he's asking all governments to phase out coal hmm. by 2040. So that's kind of a way to get to this um, trajectory that can, you know, keep the planet livable for humans. And the way in which that needs to happen is, is to stop funding coal, um, to, sh to shift the subsidies to renewable, and, and to, um, to for the fossil fuel industry, who makes a lot of money, they made $4 trillion last year, yep. to use that money to help the transition instead of blocking the transition. So that's kind of the big picture behind um, the local scenario. And locally, I thought it was an interesting story about the independent power um, suppliers program and um, that we already have 89 such independent power suppliers and they are, are adding 6,000 megawatts to the grid at the moment, which is not enough. Mm. Um, so lots, lots, lots more is needed. But part of the program is that they have to support local communities where they erect these big um, solar and wind farms. And these things are, you know, in northern Cape and places like that where there's lots of sun and wind. And, and currently the, the, the rule is that you have to support the socioeconomic development of these communities and also give them part ownership and create jobs in the area. So somebody has now suggested that it could also include or be shifted to um, many grids to be erected in these local communities mm. because now these people work in this industry and they still don't have their own power so that the, the technology and the expertise that now exists new, near these communities will then be used to also, for the communities, erect little mini grids. And then instead of owning a part of a big grid, they actually get ownership of their own grid in their own communities, plus um, the expertise. They, if people get trained, they have the expertise, and they also get looked after um, the maintenance mm. of these little mini-grids. And I thought that was quite a, quite a great idea. I think that's fantastic. You and I shared a story uh, quite a while ago where we, where this, as much as people are putting up grids and trying to take care of even their own communities with regards to renewable energy, but then there's so much bureaucracy involved that you can't even uh, run that. So you also need to get to a place where uh, the red tape is removed, Alma, so that we can set up these mini grids and they can function properly as opposed to being uh, governed by ESCOM, as example. Yeah, exactly. So that the skills are also shared and, and the maintenance is is shared and the ownership is shared so that people know, here's our own little thing. We are going to guard this place. We're going to keep it clean. We're going to keep it safe and we will maintain it because we have now all been 
taught properly and the bigger grid is is it's within 15 50 kilometers these are the mm. communities within 15 kilometers radius um is not far away and kind of you know the expertise are in the area yeah, so the responsibility is there. Also, a great practical example. You can go and have a, a read there in that story. Um, uh, that's about the REI uh, PPP. Uh, Elmer, we're chatting about. Um, I'm quickly going to run back to the to the story w- w- the, of uh, Antonio Guterres's comments. Um, we've spoken before about the the 1.5 degree increase and and how we're missing that. Clearly, he's already mentioned 2.8 degrees, which is higher than other conversations you and I have had. Where does nuclear fit in here? I mean, we want to stop keep the coal in the ground, but what about all the nuclear power stations? Does do you feel they'll feel the same way about that? Well, yes, nuclear is not is not supported by this by by the renewable industry. Um, for for the simple reason that you know it's too too expensive and too slow and too unsafe on the mm. long run so we're talking about our children and our grandchildren you know i mean who's going to be around at the end of the century certainly not myself so one has to live with seven generations behind you in mind and nuclear is is a is a short term although it takes a long time and a lot of money to build mm. um solution but long term you are leaving problems for those who come behind you which is why it's not it's not supported by most people in the green industry and um it's not a sh- it's in any case not quick and it's not, it's incredibly expensive it is these two stories are there for you headline stories so if electricity um and its components are interesting for you to read about you can do so if you uh, have a penchant for the oceans and conversations around that you won't be disappointed because the green times We'll have something there for you as well. TheGreenTimes.co.za. And it's an honor every Wednesday to connect with their executive director. It's Alma Pollard, eco-consultant, also coach. Alma, appreciate your time and your expertise and your passion on a Wednesday. Thanks, Brad. Keep warm and green. (laughs) Indeed. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.